This is the Making Waves podcast sponsored by Ripple Effect. We're here with Brett Hoffman, District 9, isn't it, Senator? Yes, sir. District 9. Thank you, Dave. Thank you for coming. Appreciate it. One of your initiatives that you're engaging in right now is uh, term limits. I believe you're circulating a petition to get that on the ballot. Could you give us a little background on what the term limits are in South Dakota and the history of how we have the term limits right now? Sure, I would be happy to do that. Back in 1992, the voters, after being stymied in the legislature on several occasions, decided to bring forth an initiated constitutional amendment to place term limits on the ballot. That passed a resounding margin, as expected, but there was some verbiage in there. It basically says, no legislator may serve more than four consecutive terms. Hence, the word consecutive is what jumps out at you. So what has happened over the years is that has been interpreted as as long as you have a break in service, as long as you transfer from one chamber to another, you can resign and be reappointed. You could even conceivably resign with one day left and after you filed and then uh, be elected. As long as you have that break in service, you can serve, according to the attorney general, indefinitely, which means without limits by definition. So our term limits really aren't term limits at all in that sense, and the voters would like to see that changed, and that's what we're taking on. There has been efforts in the past to remove those term limits, haven't there? Very good. Uh, Interestingly, the legislature has never passed term limits upon themselves. In fact, to my knowledge and my research, on more than 60 occasions, various states have considered term limits in their state legislature. No term limits proposal limiting the terms, the power and influence of legislature, has ever passed out of a legislature. Conversely, no initiated amendment or initiated measure on term limits, with a few complicated exceptions, has ever failed. So you can see the disconnect there between an initiative and the legislative process. So the voters originally put that on the ballot, and that passed, and then twice subsequent to that, the legislature has attempted to weaken and then to remove entirely, most recently in 2008, to remove term limits. That failed on a 74-26 vote. The initiative that you're proposing, is that a constitutional amendment or an initiated measure? It's a constitutional amendment, since the Constitution specifies the terms and qualifications of the legislature's it, uh, it must be modified through the constitutional amendment process. Same thing, really, at the federal level. The reason we can't uh, pass term limits on our federal legislators at the state level is because it's in the United States Constitution. So at the state level, if we want to change the length of terms, the term limits, the qualifications, whether it's age or otherwise, has to come through the state constitution in the form of an initiated constitutional amendment. That stands to reason. So you you would need 35,000 signatures to get that on the ballot. Yeah, a little bit north of that. I think it's 35,017 or something to that effect. But, of course, that would be a fool's errand to strive for that number. You typically want to get at least 15, 20% more. So we're shooting for forty to 45,000 signatures. And I'll admit it's a daunting challenge to do that. How would uh, your measure, your constitutional change, uh, change the term limits as they stand now? I mean, what is the difference? Well, that's a great question. And as I 
at least inferred earlier, basically it removes that word consecutive. Instead of may not serve more than four consecutive terms, it says may not serve more than eight years. Eight years in the state house, eight years in the state senate for a maximum of 16 years. Again, currently, there is no maximum of 16 years. There's no maximum of 30 years or 50 years. It's indefinite, without limits, as long as there is a break in service through some means, they can serve forever. And some do serve a much longer period of time. I'm confident that that actually was the original intent of the voters and understanding when they voted on term limits is they thought that meant eight years in the state house, mm -hmm. eight years in the state senate. So this proposal, we believe, is consistent with voters' intent. That's what I thought it was when I voted in 1992, was that the term limits was actual term limits. Just to be clarified, just to make it clear for our, our listeners, this would put the uh, the ballot initiative on the ballot so voters would vote on it next year in November. That's correct. In the general election of 2024, there will be a constitutional amendment for term limits and perhaps several other things as well. And our deadline to get those signatures that you mentioned is May of next year. Understand. Let's address some of the critiques or critics of, of this kind of measure. Some would say that in order putting these term limits in would reduce the experience of the legislature and uh, the leadership, uh, that, the experienced leadership of the legislature, and, and those people would be you know, basically forced out and they would no longer be available to serve the people. Well, that's a good question or point. It's probably one of the three main objections which I hear to term limits, which admittedly, is a small minority. Typically, voters, depending on which poll you look at, support term limits somewhere between 62 and 80 percent. My own personal poll in our district, when I visited with people privately, was 92 percent, believe it or not. So people do largely support term limits, the populace as a whole. Amongst legislatures, amongst politicians, not so much. That's okay. That's understandable. But you have to get to the meat of what it means by experience. People who are elected to the state Senate and state House are not inexperienced people. One of my colleagues is a principal manager for an energy firm and is the most experienced person in both houses on energy policy. Another is a very experienced and um, dedicated surveyor and county person is the most experienced person in both houses on county issues and funding. Those are both freshmen with just days of experience. But within a week or two, they are some of the best legislators in both houses. And that's Steve Kolbeck and Randy Dybert I'm referring to. And I can give you a lot of examples. There's not an inverse relationship between how long someone has been in the legislature and their effectiveness. Some new people are as effective as some people have been there for a long period of time. Some people have been there a long period of time are very effective. It's not an issue of experience per se because we're each bringing from our jobs, our position, raising a family, building a home. That's the experience you bring to the political process. And yeah, there's some experience to be gleaned from learning how to make a motion and how to cast a vote. But again, People have already served on the city councils, on school boards, on a wide range of other things. 
Experience is usually an argument made by experienced politicians, frankly, and it's a bit of a presumptuous argument, if you will. You mentioned that there's three main critiques. What are the other two? Two is we already have the term limits in the form of elections. Well, how's that working out for you? The reality is it's rare to challenge an incumbent and to beat one. And frankly, there are many bright, engaging, hardworking people that would like to run for office that would consider serving their state, but they simply don't step forward because this guy never leaves. So from the standpoint of an election, if we believe elections is where things like this should be determined, then well, let's have an election about term limits. Let's put that on the ballot. And as I already mentioned, I'm confident it'll pass if we get those signatures and get it on the ballot because... Every time it has always been considered in an initiated way, it has always passed. Every time it has been considered within a legislature, it has always failed. That's why we're not ever going to see term limits come out of Congress, because Congress is not going to limit their own power. And then the third argument I hear in opposition to term limits, though generally that comes from politicians or from legislators, is that it weakens the legislature in comparison to the governor, for instance, limits those terms, limits their long-term influence. And I find that, again, um, a bit of a presumptuous argument, not a strong one, certainly. In fact, ironically, I was the only legislator this past session to present a rule change that would have strengthened the legislature in comparison to the gubernatorial powers. So I certainly am not... uh, thinking that that weakens the legislature in any way. In fact, in my opinion, there's only one thing that truly weakens the legislature, and that's uh, weak legislators. Electing weak legislators, not challenging weak legislators. We have some extraordinary legislators in our great state, but I think that we should be more focused on building more leaders rather than building more followers. That's what leadership really is, and we should be mentoring, training, and preparing people to replace us rather than remaining there endlessly. And so I think ultimately it strengthens the legislature. Now, how can someone, how can our listeners get involved in helping you with this initiative? Well, I appreciate that question. They can contact you through a podcast and pass on my personal information, they can go to my website at brhoffman.com. They can contact me through the South Dakota legislature. But the way we've approached it is we put together a 35-district team of volunteers, one person in each district who is our term limit person, and they are gathering petition signatures, educating the public, and have a list of frequently answered questions, have a copy of the attorney general statement, of course, the petitions themselves, and we really, of course, could use help in that effort. Any final thoughts? No, I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. I think it's an important uh, issue for the public to be engaged in this process, and I'm hoping in the end that we'll be successful. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, thanks for being on our podcast. Thank you, sir.